Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Well, before we do get started, I do want to let you know that uh, this program is brought to you by the financial support of our listeners. Thanks so much for your support. You can give to the show on a one-time basis at support.greatdetectives.net. There's also a mailing address there. Uh, and you can also become a monthly recurring supporter of the show at patreon.greatdetectives.net. Well, now we're bringing you a new series, Tales of Fatima. It's actually Basil Rathbone's second detective show after he left uh, Sherlock Holmes. He had a run on a series for Mutual called Scotland Yard, but no episode of that series actually exists. Uh, Tales of Fatima was sponsored by Fatima Cigarettes. And it also had, as part of its gimmick, uh, that Rathbone would have a sort of supernatural lifeline in a thousand-year-old spirit called Fatima who would give him a clue or a hint of, of some saying that would allow him to solve the case. So this was definitely a comedy mystery uh, setting. And uh, what made this, of course, interesting is the name of the detective Basil Rathbone was playing. It was an amateur detective named Basil Rathbone. The series ran for 39 weeks, 33 weeks in this format. And we have two episodes this week and next week so let's go ahead and we will now get started with uh, tales of fatima original air date uh may the uh, 21st of 1949 and the title is a much expected murder hello there this is basil rathbone i'm so glad you can be with fatima and me tonight she helps me solve an uncanny tale that began when a poisoned drink was poured and reached its climax when a dead man came to life. The Tales of Fatima, a new series of exciting mystery stories starring that distinguished actor, Mr. Basil Rathbone. for tonight, Gail Ingram has written an astonishing mystery, especially for me. I didn't know the solution until I recalled the words of Fatima. In the words of Fatima, habit is law. We are all of us slaves to a habit. Those words are the key to tonight's tale of Fatima. And here it is. A much expected murder. The evening performance is over, and Basil Rathbone is in his dressing room with Lavender, the wardrobe mistress. Oh, Lavender, I'm glad it's time to go home. I'm tired. It's a nasty night out, Mr. Rathbone. A wonderful night out to be in bed. Thank goodness nobody wants me to solve any cases. Come in. 
Yes, sir. What can I do for you? You can drop the case. Drop the case? Or I'll have to drop you with this gun. <gasps> Mr. Rathbone, I think he means it. Believe me, I do. Will you drop the case? I'd be enchanted, old fellow, but except that I, I haven't a case to drop, and I'd, I'd much prefer not being killed for something I'm not doing. Mr. Rathbone, you're a very fine actor, but don't play dumb with me. I give you fair warning. Pursue this investigation further, and you'll be killed. But, but what's the investigation he's supposed not to pursue? Uh, never mind, Lavender. It's no use. What's no use? We can't fool this gentleman. I'll drop the case. Huh? Now you're being smart, Mr. Rathbone. Just leave Mrs. Dawson alone. Mrs. Dawson? Yes, Lavender, Mrs. Dawson. You remember Mrs. Dawson? Oh, Mrs. Dawson. Just remember, don't try to help Mrs. Dawson. Good night. Mr. Rathbone, have you been holding out on me? Who's Mrs. Dawson? Lavender, I haven't the faintest idea. Hello? Hello, Mr. Rathbone. This is Mrs. Dawson. Who? Mrs. Dawson. This is Mr. Rathbone, isn't it? I, uh... I think so. Mr. Rathbone, I'm in terrible trouble, and I thought maybe you'd help me. Uh, help you in what way? I can't tell you over the phone, but I live on Upper Lake Road. Could you come out and see me right away, please? It's a matter of life and death. So I understand. My life or death. Oh, no, there's no danger. But if you come, you may be able to keep someone from dying. I, I see. Well, in that case, I can hardly refuse, can I? Oh, thank you, Mr. Rathbone. I'll leave immediately. <laughs> Rathbone, all these woods. Are we still in New York City? The outskirts, yes. That must be Dawson's house there. And sakes, what a terrible night. All this rain and thunder. Well, should we go? I suppose we have to. Mr. Rathbone. Yes? I'm scared. Then go back to the car. I will not. Ring the doorbell. I'm just going to. I... Mr. Rathbone, the doors opening. You are strangers. Oh, why, yes, but we... Strangers aren't welcome here. Uh, but we were invited. Better leave now. But Mrs. Dawson said... While that... you are still alive, Mr. Rathbone, bad things happen in this house. It's an evil house. People die in this house. Miss Marjorie? Miss Marjorie, who's there? Oh, Mr. Rathbone. Uh, yes. I'm Mrs. Dawson. Please, come in out of the rain. Miss Marjorie, go to your room. What? Go to your room. It's dangerous for strangers to come in. People die in this house. I'm terribly sorry, Mr. Rathbone. Miss Marjorie, she's my husband's sister, is a little peculiar. A little? Uh, she... uh, Lavender, um, is Miss Marjorie what you wanted to see me about, Mrs. Dawson? No. It's my husband. Mr. Rathbone, he's dying of a very peculiar disease. Oh. You have my deepest sympathy, Mrs. Dawson, but why call on me? Why not a doctor? We have a doctor, but he doesn't seem to know what the trouble is. Nobody but you can help, Mr. Rathbone. What do you mean? There's something strange happening. My husband is keeping something from me, some sort of a secret. And I have a feeling that if I knew that secret, I'd be able to save his life. But my... Don't you see, I can't call the police. He wouldn't tell a policeman his secret. But you're different. You can persuade him. Appeal to him. My dear lady, Won't I... you... Won't you try to find out his secret? Please. Well, I, I'd like to help oh, you, Oh, but... thank you so much. He's right in this room here. Uh, uh, just a minute, Mrs. Dawson. What is it? Don't go in there. Why not? Because if your husband's keeping some secret from you, 
I think it might be better for me to talk to him alone. But, Mr. Dawson, if this doctor doesn't know what's wrong with you, why not call in another doctor, a specialist? I tell you, it's no use, Mr. Rathbone. But why not? And, and what's the secret you're keeping from your wife? There's no secret. She says there is. She's afraid it may cost you your life. It will cost my life. But there's no secret. What, what do you mean? I, I'm not dying of any rare malady, Mr. Rathbone. I'm dying of... of poison. What? I've been eating poison food for some time now. I, I didn't realize it until two days ago. But then it, it was too late. The job was done. But I don't understand. Who's poisoning you? My wife. Oh, now, Mr. Dawson. And it's not the first time she's done it, either. She poisoned her first husband, too. And got away with it? Yes. But that's impossible. No. No, it's not. She got away with murder the first time because she knew a brilliant young chemist who concocted a slow-acting poison that left no traces whatsoever. Oh, good heavens. The chemist was crazy about her. He showed her how to administer the poison. And it gradually snuffed out her husband's, that is, her first husband's life. Just as it's snuffing out mine. But I don't understand, Mr. Dawson. How can you know all this? How can you be sure it was murder? This poison you talk about left no trace. Surely your wife didn't tell you about her first husband and the chemist? She didn't have to, Mr. Rathbone. Well, why not? I was the chemist. And that's the story, Lavender. So we'd better get in touch with Farrell fast. Where'd you leave the car? It's so dark, I can't hardly make out a thing. Here it is. Hop in quickly. Just a minute, Mr. Rathbone. Who's there? We've met before. It's the man who came to your dressing room tonight with a gun. Right you are, and I've still got the gun. I believe I told you to keep your nose out of this, Rathbone. Yes, I believe you did. I meant it. Now, unless you're anxious to be killed. Oh, I'm not. I, I'm I'm only anxious to... Get that gun away from you! No, you don't. Stop no. it, Mr. Rathbone. Had a boy, Mr. Rathbone. Mr. Rathbone, what are you running away for? Mr. Rathbone, he's flat on his back. Oh, no, he isn't, Lavender. I am. Rathbone, why is it that you always have to come up with these fascinating problems at three o'clock in the morning? Oh, don't be unreasonable, Farrell. Just suggesting that the body of Mrs. Dawson's first husband should be disinterred for examination. And that Mrs. Dawson be arrested for murder. Uh, now, look, you two. I'll be glad to arrest Mrs. Dawson. I'll be glad to disinter her first husband. But first, I need one small bit of information. I've got to know who her first husband was. For pity's sake, I clean forgot that. Well, I didn't. The boys are checking now. They have... Mm. Yes, Sergeant? On that uh, Mrs. Dawson lieutenant about her first husband? Yes? She didn't have one. She was never married before. Oh, good morning, Mr. Rathbone. Good morning, Miss Lavender. Good morning. Mrs. Dawson, I owe you an apology. Oh? When I left here last night, I believed you had poisoned your first husband. What? That's what Mr. Dawson told us. I realize now that 
Mr. Dawson was in a very weakened condition when he spoke to us last night. Seems like his mind's been affected by his illness. He told us a totally imaginary story. But maybe if we face him with it, he'll tell us the truth now. Maybe talk to him again, please, Mrs. Dawson? I'm afraid not, Mr. Rathbone. You see, Mr. Dawson died during the night. We'll be back in just a moment with the second act of tonight's tale of Fatima. Now, back to tonight's tale of Fatima, a much-expected murder, starring Mr. Basil Rathbone. Mr. Dawson died. Good heavens. I'm terribly sorry, Mrs. Dawson. It's an awful shock, Mr. Rathbone. Of course, I knew he was ill, but... Well, it's always a shock. Does the doctor have any idea yet of what Mr. Dawson's illness really was? He gave the cause of death as a heart attack. Heart attack? I thought it was a very strange diagnosis. I don't know what to make of it, but that's what the doctor said. Could the doctor have deliberately made out an inaccurate death certificate for some reason? Oh, no, that's not possible. I've known Dr. Rand for years. He's an old bull of mine. A close family friend. As a matter of fact, he's here right now. He's good enough to stay on to take over for me and pen the terrible details. Let's see, yes. Well, I'd like very much to talk to him, if you don't mind. Not at all. He's right across the hall. In the study? Thank you. Come along, Lavender. Excuse us, Mr. Dawson. This must be the study here. Dr. Rand? Yes. What do you want? Uh, my name is Beth. Good heavens. Great day in the morning. It's the man who pulled a gun on us. What are you two doing here? I told you to keep away from this house. I know you did, Doctor. But I'm very nosy by nature. Yes, and Mercy is swollen, too, after that wallop you stopped last night. You'd better clear out, Rathbone, or you'll stop another one. I don't think so. Fortunately, I spot Alexander Graham Bell's gift to unarmed detectives. A telephone on the desk. I think I'll just pick it up and call Lieutenant Farrell of Homicide. Put down that phone. Certainly. After I tell you, Lieutenant Farrell, to arrest you for the murder of Mr. Dawson, I... Will you put down that phone? My dear chap. Do you want to spoil everything? I don't want to spoil anything. Dawson is dead. Listen to me, you stubborn fool. Dawson isn't dead at all. Did you say that again, please? Dawson isn't dead at all. Now put down that phone before you ruin everything. Lavender, call the doctor. I think I'm going mad. I guess I have no other choice but to explain the whole plan to you now. I would be everlastingly grateful if you would. It started about two weeks ago. Dawson called me in and told me in strict confidence that he believed he was being poisoned. Oh, he told me that, too. By his wife, to some rare exotic poison he invented. Oh, no, 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 not that. That was just a wild tale we made up to get you out of the house last night so he could pretend to die undisturbed. He's right in the next room. I have him waiting there. A hearse should be along shortly, and we'll smuggle him out of the house that way. Oh, how ingenious. Uh, through this door here? Uh, yes. Ah, here we are. Mr. Dawson? Uh, Mr. Dawson? Oh, the poor man's fallen asleep. The strain of dying must have been too much for him. Yes, I guess so. Uh, Mr. Dawson? Wake up! Wake up, I... What's the matter? Lavender. I've got to call Farrell. Call Farrell? Yes. Mr. Dawson is really dead this time. Look. His throat's been cut. <laughs> Uh, Lieutenant, this is Rathbone. No. Yes. Look, Farrell, I've just... Ah, don't tell me. Let me guess. Uh, 
You've just come across a body. Lieutenant, you have now answered the first question correctly. Now, if you'll come out to the Dawson house on the Upper Lake Road, I'll let you have a try at the jetpot question. What's that? Who done it? Paddle will be over right away, Lavender. Oh, good. I told the doctor to keep quiet about the whole thing, like you told me to. Uh, did you also tell him to watch the front door so that no one would get out, like I told you to? Yes, and we can see the back door from here. We can also see the corpse from here. I see, I prefer not to share such, such close quarters with him. Keeps uh, looking at me. It's this half-light. I just... <gasps> What's the matter, Lavender? Mr. Rathbone, the door over there is opening. Get down. Down there. Behind this desk. Mercy, who do you... Miss Marjorie, dead man's sister. She's got a gun. Lavender, she's mad. Completely and utterly mad. She's going to shoot the dead man. Miss Marjorie, don't go! Man's sake, she shot him through the head. So I did. I shot him through the head. Miss Marjorie, give me that gun. Of course. Here. Now, if you'll just explain. There's nothing to explain. I confess to everything. I shot him because he was no good. He deserved to die. But why? What have you got against your brother? My brother? My brother's dead already. Did I shoot my brother? Of course you did. It's the light. I couldn't see in the light. I thought I shot the other one. The one who killed my brother. Who? Who killed your brother? Why, that bad, bad man, of course. Dr. Rand. Now, see here, Sergeant Farrell. It's Lieutenant. Lieutenant Farrell, please. Well, see here, Lieutenant. This entire questioning is an insult. Who's being insulting? You called me a sergeant. And you called me a murderer. Miss Marjorie called you that also, Dr. Rand. Mr. Rathbone, I said it before. I will say it once again. Miss Marjorie is mentally incompetent. How can you for one moment believe that I killed Dawson just because she says so? Now, uh, Dr. Rand, listen. Probably the person who cut Dawson's throat is the same one who was trying to poison him. So we're looking for the poisoner. You've been looking for the poisoner. Let's work together. Very well, if you put it that way. You and the sergeant here... The lieutenant. Lieutenant Dennis are for Robert Farrell. And remember it. Now, who killed Dawson? Candidate number one, Miss Marjorie, who may not be as unbalanced as she seems. You mean maybe that phony shooting was just a red herring? Exactly, a clever hoax to throw us off guard. But if so, what's the motive? Does Miss Marjorie stand to gain anything by Dawson's death, Doctor? She stands to gain considerable. Dawson was well-to-do. He left his estate half to Miss Marjorie and half to his wife. Mm. Uh, what about Mrs. Dawson? Does she have a motive for murder? No, she's innocent, absolutely innocent. She didn't do it. And how do you know she didn't? Because she just didn't. She's a wonderful woman. A fine, gentle woman. She couldn't possibly commit a murder, and I refuse to allow you to consider it. You refuse to allow me to consider it? What right have you got to refuse to allow me to consider something? I'll consider anything I want to. And, uh... What I'm considering right now is that you're making a lot of noise about the innocent Mrs. Dawson. Too much noise. Why are you protecting her? I'm not protecting her, but I say she's innocent. And I say I'm not <coughs> sure. What was that? Mr. Rathbone, help! It's Lavender. Come on, Farrell. Let's go. Oh, give me that. No, no. Give me that. Lavender, Lavender, what is it? Help me, Mr. Rathbone. 
trying to get away. Mr. Brett won't take this maniac away Mrs. from me. Mrs. Dawson, uh, Miss Lavender, what's going on here? I caught this woman trying to make a getaway. You did? How about that, Mrs. Dawson? I haven't the vaguest idea what she's babbling about. She says, dear lady, she caught you trying to sneak out of the house. With this bundle under her arm. What's in the bundle? I don't know. I found it in the upstairs hall. I thought it might be important, so I was bringing it to you. Bringing it to you? Mercy sakes, she was headed for the front door. I thought Mr. Rathbone was in the front room. Poppycock! It's not poppycock. Ladies, ladies, save the cat fight. Oh, what's in this bundle? Let's open it and find out. All right. Here. Thank you. I... Good Lord. Well, 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 well. The murder knife. Oh, take it away. And a pair of blood-stained gloves. Turned inside out. What a careless way to leave gloves. Whose gloves are these, Mrs. Dawson? I can't look. I'm sorry, but you'll have to. This is important. Whose gloves are they? Why, the... the... Come on, tell us. They're my sister-in-law. They're Miss Marjorie's. Lieutenant Farrow. Huh? Oh, oh, good, Sergeant. Got Miss Marjorie there? Well, uh, no, sir. Well, well, why not? I told you to bring her in for questioning. Well, I know you did, sir. And I tried to find her, but she's not in the house. Then look outside the house. I did that too, sir, but she's not there either. She's not anywhere. She's just plain What are you up to now? I'm looking for Miss Marjorie, Lavender. Up here on the top floor? Anywhere. Farrell and his men are combing the grounds outside, and I promised him that I'd do a little combing inside. You've searched the place from cellar to garret. But I haven't searched the garret. Come on. Mm, all right, but I don't approve. Every time you look for a murderer, you land up to your ears in hot water. Oh, don't worry, Lavender. The grounds are swarming with policemen. We couldn't be safer. Hop up these attic stairs here. Do you call that an attic? Mm. It does look a bit like a tomb, doesn't it? Come along, but watch yourself. These steps are treacherous. All right, I... What's the matter? Walk into a cobweb. Here we are. Where are we? Top of the flight. Well, nobody here. Let's go back down. Oh, Lavender, really? Well, mercy, Miss Marjorie may be crazy, but I'll bet she has sense enough not to hide in a gloomy cave like this. You know, I bet Miss Marjorie has quite a bit of sense, Lavender. After all, mentally unsound people are usually the craftiest of all killers. That's why I'm a little puzzled about one thing. What? That bundle we found with a knife and gloves in it. There's something out of character there. Doesn't seem possible that she would just leave it. Oh, good heavens. Of course. Of course. In the words of Fatima, habit is law. We are all of us slaves to a habit. Why didn't I think of that before? Habit! What? Lavender. Got the answer now. I know who the murderer is. You do? Well, mercy's sake. Shh. What? I heard something. Someone's coming. Lambda. It's the murderer. The murderer's here in the attic. With us. We'll be back in just a moment with the exciting conclusion of tonight's Tale of Fatima. Now, back to Mr. Basil Rathbone for the exciting conclusion of tonight's Tale of Fatima. 
Crouching here in the dark. We were waiting to be killed. I mean, well, if you're the murderer, why aren't you carrying a gun? Because I'm not the murderer. Miss Marjorie's downstairs. They just found her, and Lieutenant Farrell is questioning her now. I'm delighted to hear that, Dr. Rand. That they found Miss Marjorie? No. That you're not carrying a gun. Why does that delight you? Because then I feel perfectly free to say that despite your act of innocence, it's you and not Miss Marjorie who is the murderer. Oh, now, Mr. Rathbone, really? You killed Dawson, and I can prove it. And just how can you prove it? You try to make it look as though Miss Marjorie had murdered Dawson by using her gloves for the killing. But a little thing called habit tripped you up. What are you talking about, Mr. Rathbone? Those bloodstained gloves we found were turned inside out. A woman removes her gloves by pulling them loose from the fingertips. But a doctor, a surgeon, peels them off inside out, particularly after he's completed an operation. An operation like slitting a throat. Oh, nonsense. You can't accuse a man of murder on flimsy evidence like that. There's other evidence. For example, Doctor, you were the only one who knew Dawson's first death was a trick. No one but you would have bothered to slit his throat. All the others believed him dead already. What about the person who was poisoning him? Ah, you gave yourself away there too, Doctor. When you learned Dawson was being poisoned, you should have reported it to the police. Why didn't he? Because he was the poisoner. And Dawson realized he was being poisoned. Our friend here pretended it was someone else in the house. But why did he cook up that phony death business? That was very clever of him, Lavender. With everybody thinking Dawson was dead, the doctor could kill him at leisure. Only we walked in. Exactly. Our presence here forced his hand, so he pulled that very hasty job with the knife and that very clumsy attempt to throw suspicion on Miss Marjorie. How about that, doctor? All right. You're a meddling fool. I beg your pardon? I loved her. I've always loved her. Mrs. Dawson? I wanted to marry her, but Dawson wouldn't give her a divorce, and she wouldn't leave him, so I killed him. And I won't let you spoil it. I'll kill you! I'll kill you! I'll kill you! He's not carrying a gun this time. Remember what happened last time? Remember? Mr. Rathbone, you did it. You knocked him out this time. So I did. But you know, Lavender, I could have knocked Dr. Rand out the first time. If I hadn't been prevented... What prevented you? Dr. Rand? Join us again next week when we'll have another exciting tale of Fatima. Right, Mr. Rathbone? Yes, indeed. Fatima helps to solve an amazing tale that started on a darkened street with a chase. And reached its climax in a darkened room with a shot. See you then, everyone. Good night. The Tales of Fatima stars Mr. Basil Rathbone with original music by Jack Miller. Agnes Young was Lavender, and Lieutenant Farrell was played by Francis DeSales. The entire production is under the direction of Harry Ingram. Michael Fitzmaurice speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. 
Hi, this is Andrew from otrwesterns.com. I wanted to invite you to come take a look at our site. We stream live OTR Westerns 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, along with putting out podcasts of old-time radio westerns. Check us out at otrwesterns.com. You're listening to The Great Detectives of Old-Time Radio with Adam Graham. Now let's get back into the show. Welcome back. Well, a lot of red herrings to work back to the guy who showed up at your dressing room threatening you if you didn't drop the case was actually the murderer. Though I did like the twist with the, with that red herring about him accusing his wife and admitting to being the chemist who had helped her poison her first husband. That was a, intricate uh, plan and overall i love hearing basil rathbone in anything no matter who he's playing even if it's himself and overall a charming quirky uh, little episode and uh, we will of course have another one for you next week uh, but join us tomorrow for the adventures of philip marlowe in the meantime, uh, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.